What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down, episode number 66.2. And we're continuing our playthrough of Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch. Today I have with me Matt. Hello. And, yeah. Yeah, we're deep in it. Yeah, according to the fact, which I don't know how uh, faithful this fact is. Um, and I will get into that, but... We're a little bit less than halfway at the end of this episode where I got to is according to the fact halfway through the game. Um, I yeah, it's, it's hard to tell because some of the next sections after where you are are very quick. Like one of the sections is probably two of the sections are probably each only about 30 minutes long. Yeah. Uh, but, but they certainly vary in length. Oh, most certainly. In fact, we get a couple of those coming up. So the last thing we did, or last thing I did, uh, when I stopped that, Matt is, is way ahead of me in this game. That's yeah, I'm, I'm almost at not quite the end game, but pretty close. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, the thing I did last was I got my cauldron and uh, fought that genie to get my cauldron, which was annoying. And then I had to go uh, get a pass for uh, the boat, to board the boat. Yep. Have you used that cauldron? Because I still actually haven't done nope. alchemy yet for I anything. Have, I haven't done anything. I need, I, I, like, for a split second there today, I was thinking maybe I should look up, you know, some ingredients and stuff like that. But then I was like, mm, can I be yeah. bothered? I kind of feel like I should. I'm not sure where in this game... Do you get the best equipment, best weapons, best shields? You know, I don't know if that comes from the best shops. I don't think so. You know, it might come as your reward for certain quests, maybe, but I haven't actually done all that many quests, side quests. Or it may come from alchemy, which I also haven't done. So <laughs> I don't have any easy access to whatever the the best equipment in this game is yet. Yeah. So... um the next thing we do is we have to go back to Alma Moon to talk to the queen there to get a pass to then get on the boat. Travel back to Alma Moon and they won't let us go see the queen because she doesn't want to see anybody right now because all she thinks about is eating her favorite food. What is her favorite food? Nobody really knows. Because <laughs> nobody can get in to see it. <laughs> yeah. On top of that, nobody knows what she looks like. So, um, we have to, uh, figure that out in order to go to the Oliver's World, Motorville, to find her soulmate. Um, when we go back to the hotel to rest to think on it, we run into a painter who is wanting to examine Esther because he says that she has features that look like the queen. Uh, and as we are going to check in, he finishes the painting and brings it to the person who owns the inn. And we have a nice glimpse of what the queen looks like. Kind of a funny moment too, because when, you know, it almost sounds like a pickup line, like, Oh, I need to paint you. Your features are so gorgeous. You know, and then you finally get a reveal on what that picture is, and it's not quite as uh, flattering. 
as you might have imagined. It is a half woman, half cow. <laughs> um, but we recognize the woman's face. That is totally the woman who owns the, uh, I guess, general store. She does seem to be at the heart of a lot of this. Yeah. How many times have we been in that general store already? I know. It's weird how the other world is huge, giant countries, and there's tons of people everywhere. Yeah, multiple continents. But all of those people have soulmates that are just in this one city, Motorville. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that exact same thing. <laughs> and I, yeah, I was like, it's not a one to like one world to one world. It's this one small to medium sized city is enough to populate the entire world of. I, I don't know what they call it. I don't know if it has a name. I don't know if they said it yet either. Now that which maybe that. maybe reinforces the idea that. <laughs> And, and this absolutely cannot be the the way that this ends, but it kind of made me feel like this whole thing was like a dreamscape. <laughs> you know, right? Oh, you see, you see people you know in your dreams, or versions of the people you know, and here they are. If this you turns know, out to be the fucking Wizard of Oz, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be highly upset. <laughs> but that I have thought that a few times because it is weird how. Just how much bigger the other world is than Motorville. Yeah, I but I highly doubt we're going to see anything but Motorville. Yeah, I, I don't think so. So um, we go back to Motorville to then find out where exactly um, I can't remember what her name is, but she, the the owner of the store is. And she's out there jogging because she wants to... <laughs> this is the dumbest reason. So she's out there exercising in order to lose weight so she can keep eating her favorite food. That's a legitimate reason to work out. Maybe. Just to burn, just to compensate so you can eat more. <laughs> yeah, but that's not how it works. You know? <laughs> it, it's like <laughs> you're still clogging your arteries with shit. Oh, absolutely. You're still shortening your lifespan. Um, which, don't get me wrong, I shouldn't talk. I mean, I eat pizza constantly. But, uh, I mean, it's, just, it's it's kind of a trivial thing. I can imagine loving pizza so much that you'd want to work out more so that you could feel more justified in eating it, though. I think that's perfectly valid. That, that That's true. But at the same time, let's be realistic here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so she's out there working out because she has become obsessed with uh her favorite food which is cheese uh so we figure out what cheese is she won't let us have any so we're like crap all right let's go back to the other world and we'll try to come up with some cheese that somehow esther actually comes up with a bright idea uh esther's like hey we can go back to alma moon the fountains there flow with milk why Nobody really knows. Wouldn't that sour after a while? Unless it's constantly generated milk. Yeah. Maybe it goes down to feed. I don't know. <laughs> the so, indentured servants in the basement. In the basement underground, yeah. <laughs> they, they get the already 
passed through milk after it's passed through the stones and everybody's been waiting in it and pissing in it. That's how it gets pasteurized. <laughs> so uh, we have a spell um, that allows us to create food, which is called Secret Ingredient. Uh, we use it and we are able to make some giant, bl- like, I guess, circle or... Wheel of wheels, cheese. Wheel wheels of cheese. of cheese. Yeah, wheel of cheese. Uh, and then we take it to the the, I guess the right hand man of the queen. Uh, and he takes us to the queen, and the queen is gigantic. She is huge, and she is absolutely obsessed with cheese, eating cheese constantly. So she. We realize this after we give her the cheese and all she wants is more. Doesn't want to help us. So um, we uh, come to the conclusion that she's broken hearted. And uh, particularly this infliction is she needs some kind of restraint to keep her from constantly wanting cheese. I was almost going to say that probably somebody who didn't even play this game could tell you those are like signs of depression or something. Because all she does is sleep all day and eat cheese. And eat, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we have to go around town trying to find somebody who has a lot of restraint. So this is where I have my other complaint about this game. Because, and it's very trivial, but it just goes to show you how bad it is. Not the, <laughs> not the game, but like how it handles pacing. Pacing in this game is god-awful. And the reason why is because they put a lot of padding in their game. And here's the prime example. So, we're standing in the throne room next to the queen and her right-hand man. And they say, okay, we need to go find somebody with some restraint. Let's go check all the town shops which is scattered completely through town. So we run around town. We talk to everybody. When we finally talk to all the shop owners, they say, oh, the queen's right-hand man has a lot of restraint. So then we run all the way back to the throne room where we were, just were, and we get the restraint from him and then give it to the queen. And that's the end of the quest. When I, isn't that li- isn't that life though? When I saw that, I then said, like I, I said out loud to myself, "Fuck this game," <laughs> because seriously, why extend the length of that? There is no reason for that. There is absolutely zero reason for that entire sequence. I get it. We have to find you know. A piece of somebody's heart that has restraint. Couldn't there just been a cutscene of saying, "Hey, man, you you seem to be very restraintful when it comes to taking the requests of the queen. Why don't we borrow some of your restraint?" Or why? Here's a better question: Why didn't Oliver's friggin' locket yep. glow while we were standing next to him? That was the thing that confused me. I'm okay with. The game indicating that it could be anywhere and leaving it on the player to recognize that the amulet was glowing next to a bull. But it didn't do that until after you left and came back. 
I find that annoying in any game. Or like when you need to go talk to somebody and you do, but you haven't quite triggered the right thing. So you need to go do that, then come back and talk to the person. Like, well, I already talked to them. I could have asked them the same question. Yeah. That's, you know, you, you know what a game, you know, what, there's a game out there that did that really stinking well. And it came out back in like 2007. It was called The Witcher. <laughs> when you're talking to that guy who is, who is a monster in disguise, you still think he's totally like on, in the up, on the up and up. But then you notice that your witcher's amulet is fucking like, you know, quivering and shaking, which means monsters are close. And he's the only one around. And he's the only guy around. You know, he's not who he says he is. Why? In a game that came out in 2013 or whenever the hell it came out, can it do that? Like, because it's padding. Because this game has way too much padding. The pacing is bad. I'm sorry. This game has a lot of charm. It has an amazing art style. The music is great, but it's bad. I am so disheartened when I play this game. <laughs> I, I don't want to say that, but it's true. Because it's just the small, dumb stuff like this. And then on top of that, the combat. Oh, so good. I still hate that combat. Even though I didn't have problems with the boss that you had problems with. Yeah, I, I definitely did. I, I don't know. You just breezed past him, and I I guess I only fought him and lost to him twice, but they, they weren't even close. I didn't get him below, say, 90% and didn't see any way that I could, so I... See, that's, that's the thing. Is like it, it, stuff's not, Stuff is so inconsistent in this game because everything's random. Like what your allies do in battle is random. What your what your freaking character does, what your freaking familiar does in combat is slightly random. And it feels like you have no control over any of it. Like I can't stand it. I just I don't know, man. Like seriously, like so we all right, let's let's keep going with the story. There's not much story cuz I didn't make it that far. Like yeah, I made it a little bit farther, but I mean, so we give the queen the peace of heart. She gets her restraint back. She gives us the um, the pass and I think a couple of spells. And then we're off to the boat. Uh, go back to the boat. Uh, but on our way to the boat, we run back into that thief that's been going around town. He steals our pass. And one other thing. I can't remember what it was. Oh, the picture. That's right. The queen gave us a picture of the sage that we're looking for. Um, so uh, he steals that. And we chase after him. And he's trying to get on the boat saying, hey, they gave me a pass. I want to get on your boat. And then we come in there and say, no, he stole that from us. And he believes us. Yeah, like how the captain doesn't doesn't even entertain Swain's ideas. Like, get out of here. Yeah. So, well, he knows he's a notorious thief. Yeah. So, uh, and then we realize that there's something up with Swain. Swain seems to be brokenhearted as well, but on top of that, he also has a nightmare. So we have another boss fight to take care of. 
didn't have any problems with this. Yeah, I found all of these nightmares to be fairly easy. The nightmares seem to be relatively easy. In fact, I would call, I would consider them mini bosses. Um, so uh, we beat Swain's um, nightmare, but he's still not having anything to do with us. He's still pissed, so we had to go fix his brokenheartedness. Which, what is it? What do we give him? Kindness. Uh, is it kindness? I can't remember. But anyway, we have to fix this broken heart. It's not hard. In fact, I'm always constantly full on all my hearts. When I see somebody who is glowing, I just go ahead and take their heart, even though I don't need it. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't stockpile. Yeah. You You're only allowed one. one of each type. Uh, but yeah, um... So I did that, um, and uh, we're then able to. Uh, no, it's 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 something we got from the 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 village chief of that of the coastal town. Whatever it was, we gave it to him. I think it might have been restraint. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I, it's, it's been like fifty hours since true. you've done this, Matt. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, now we yeah, uh, it is restraint. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So um, we're able to sway Swain. That's that's the guy. Uh, he looks to be probably in his like late twenties or thirties, even. Yeah, he, it's it the the characters are so cel shaded. It's hard to get much out of their models. But, you know, with something about, like, there's just a couple of lines under his eyes that, to me, you know, indicate, like, bags, weariness. So, yeah, he doesn't look old, but he he does look like he's uh, been on the streets for a while. Yeah. Uh, But Swain actually joins our party. He is able to use uh, familiars as well, and we really don't know why. Uh, But he is able to use familiars. He is also a master thief. He has the ability to uh, use like a hook shot to grab items from far away. So like if you see a treasure chest far away that you can't reach, he can use his little hook to get the items out of it. Specifically the green chest. Yes. So he joins our party, um, and then we board the ship. Uh, we now have a ship. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I- I, th- this this was a point where I started like this game even more because I love how the map opens up. Map opens uh, up, but you may not venture very far because some yeah, of the monsters. Want yeah, <laughs> the monsters you run into while on on the sea will mess you up. Yeah, so I, I would suggest getting through the next section once you're done with Hamlin. Then you can basically take on or survive most of the locations. Yeah. So we're off to Hamlin. That's where the sage is. Um, but uh, as we are traveling uh, via the sea, we get a cutscene of the White Witch and uh, Shadar again. They're talking, saying that oh, you failed me again. You tried to tried to kill the pure-hearted one with the volcano and failed there. So what are you going to do now? And he's like, I need to use the the eye of the storm, which is a very powerful magic. 
And so uh, Shadar is allowed to use the Eye of the Storm. While we are traveling via boat, he summons a giant storm to come and possibly shipwreck us. At the same time, he is also going to fight us. This is our first fight with Shadar. Actual fight. Which is weird. I wasn't sure what to expect because they walk a weird line with Shadar. Is he this, like, badass enemy? Or is he kind of a bumbling fool? And he's already failed enough times that he comes off a little bit like Bebop and Rocksteady. But not really. I mean, he's still supposed to be this super powerful, like, ultimate evil. So it's a bit of a weird vibe with him. I I don't know... If I should respect him as as a bad guy or not. I am going to go out on a limb. You may know this already since you're farther in the game. I'm going out on a limb and saying Shadar is actually not an enemy. Shadar is possibly one of the great sages. Shadar is a guy who is doing bad things to make Oliver stronger. Uh, one of the trials. Yeah, he is like a trial of some sort. He is he is a good guy who is trying to train Oliver to be a better wizard. And so what about the White Witch and the, the Council? The White Witch and the Council are evil people. And Shadar is secretly trying to sabotage them by training up Oliver. Do you think he then teams up with Oliver to fight the White Witch? Possibly. Or maybe the white witch kind of gets wise and realizes this and cuts puts him down. Puts, puts, puts down Shadar for good. I don't know. Hmm. I'm not entirely sure. But that's just my thoughts on how the story's going to go. Uh, also, when we had this boss fight with Shadar, uh, I will say that my fiance was watching me play it at this time. To which I said, we're fighting the quote-unquote main villain of this game right now. And we're not even halfway through the game. This is a fight that I'm supposed to lose. And she says, well, that's not fair. I said, well, that's how video games work. <laughs> that's not fair. Yeah. She's like, well, why are you uh, fighting so him if you, can't, if you can't win? I was like, watch. Just watch. He's going to kill everybody and then we're going to go to a cutscene. And then it's going to be fine. Guess what happened? He kills everybody, and then we go to a cutscene. Yep. Before this fight, did you happen to encounter any of the sea monsters? A couple of them, yeah. I did once, and it wrecked me. I I was actually able to survive um, because those that shoot electricity, that like eels, like electric eels or something like that, um, Mm -hmm. Mighty was strong against them. So I just spammed attack on them until they died. Uh, I mean, they were definitely doing a lot of damage to me, but I was able to kill them before they killed me, basically. I definitely died once and then spent the rest of my time. Like, I I wish I could have a map of the route that my ship took (laughs) because it is very circular trying to, you know, turning all the way around and going backwards to avoid a sea monster and then going off to the right and then circling back and going to the left. (laughs) It's a very convoluted trip that I took to get to Hamlin. Well, uh, before we get to Hamlin, uh, Shadar, uh, as he is defeating all of us, calls upon the Eye of the Storm, which is a giant eye in the sky. 
and when it looks at you, you're dead pretty much. And it looks at us and our ship, uh, kind of gets destroyed. Um, it wasn't fully destroyed, but we shipwreck on an island. Um, everybody survives, uh, but Drippy is acting kind of strange. He just, he acts like he doesn't want to be here. Uh, and we find out a little bit later why. Um, but the, uh, the ship's captain's like, all right, we're going to try and work on some repairs for the ship, but, uh, it's going to take a week to finish it. Like, oh, great. What do we do in the meantime? Well, we're going to need food. So head, you know, inland and see if you can find some food and stuff like that. So we then go into the world map of the small island and then travel to what looks like a mountain. When we make it to the mountain, uh, there's a village there. Uh, somebody is speaking to us almost telepathically and says, hey, come on over. And so we go over there, and we have entered a village full of fairies. This is, uh, I mean, I don't need to beat around the bush. This is Drippy's hometown, where he comes from. And the reason why Drippy's been acting so funny is because, well, he doesn't really want to come visit here. And the reason why is because the mountain that we saw in the background is actually Drippy's mother. Which is a giant mountain thing. Which is weird. It reminds me of a a book I read. Very, very weird. It's called Someone Comes to Town, Someone Leaves Town. And uh, I won't go into it because the the story's a little strange. Is that but the basically, one with the guy who like his mom is is a weird inanimate object and his dad's like a wolf or some shit? Well, his father is a mountain. Okay. And his mother is a washing machine. Yes, that was yeah. You told me about that book before. Yeah, but he's a human. actually yeah. He's he's a human, I guess. <laughs> if you can be a human born of a washing machine. Uh, but yeah, he's got a little baby brother who's dead and keeps trying to kill him. So a very 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 weird, very weird book. Um, and actually, the the reason I got excited about it at the time was that the book was released essentially for free, and it was formatted for the PSP. So I started reading it on the PSP, didn't get all that far, and then eventually bought the book and, and read it that way. But, you know, when I hear Trippy's mother's a mountain, at least in this case it makes sense because he's a fairy. Yeah. A little different if you're trying to pull off a human born of a washing machine. Right. But uh, that's what it made me think of. So how, how does a mountain have sex with a washing machine? <laughs> I think the washing machine wades into uh, like a, a lake inside the mountain. Oh, they explained that in the book? I think so. Oh, Nothing's okay. really explained. I, but I do think they said, you know, the washing machine went into a lake and then eventually, like, the kids popped out of the washing machine. Gotcha. Okay. So that's dirty water in that mountain. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> so we are in, what's the name of this town? The Fairylands. The Fairylands. Well, that's simple enough. I thought it was Fairy Town or something like that. Or the Fairy Grounds? The Fairy Grounds, that's it. The Fairy Grounds. Um, so yeah, we run around town, 
Uh, and we go to meet Drippy's mom. Uh, apparently the island is called Tahiti. Tahiti, yeah. <laughs> so um, we go and talk to the mountainous mother, who sounds just like Drippy. In fact, everybody on this island sounds like Drippy. Um, and she has a bit of a problem. Her problem being she has a bunch of little baby fairies inside of her. Uh, but there's a problem that she can't shoot them out. They're stuck up in there. They are stuck in her tummy. Uh, and, uh, she's wanting us to go inside of her to figure out what's wrong. Um, but we can't do that because she can only keep her mouth open for like a certain amount of time. So we have to fly into her mouth. So we need to figure out a way to get her to keep her mouth open for a long time. The only way to do that is by making her laugh. So Drippy says, I know two comedians who live in the town that we can uh, have a comedy routine, make mom laugh, and then we can go into her mouth. This sounds ridiculous. But, uh, yeah. So, we then go back into the village, and we go find the the duo who do the comedy routine. Who were apparently trained by Drippy? They were trained by Drippy, because Drippy apparently is is a hilarious person. Um, To which, why didn't Drippy just tell some jokes to Mom? Because he he has walked away from that life. Yeah. He's left it all behind. So, uh... (laughs) We then go to uh, these these two uh, characters, and they are stinkers. They're not very good at comedy anymore, and uh, the reason why is because they are not broken-hearted. They are broken-hearted. Hilarious. And, and, and I was thinking, oh, this is just a joke. We're going to have to go find, you know, a new type of, you know, heart to put on them. No, they just keep going with it. They are broken arted, and we have to find pieces of art. Eight pieces, in fact. So then we run around the village uh, using our spells to give people what they want so they will give us a piece of art. Uh, There is one spell that we don't have yet, but luckily right beside that person is an owl who gives us the spell. And while I was doing this, I was so furiously tapping the X button, not even reading the dialogue. Not caring what anybody wants. Not caring what anybody wants. All I had to see was the last line, which said, Drippy said, oh, he needs this. Do you have a spell that makes stuff grow faster? Do you have a spell that makes stuff float? Yes, I do. Thanks, Drippy. And then I ran... Certain clown who would like that spell. Yeah. Uh, but, um... See, th- this this part was very long for me. I, I did all this once, and I got in. I wish I had realized that when you were inside the mother, you that there was, a, there was a back door. Yeah. Oh, there is a back door? Yeah. So you could totally leave the mom. Yep, you can just leave the mom very easily and then come back in that same way. I did not know that, so I lost about 40 minutes reverting to an older save so that I could be outside of her again and do my leveling. 
Ouch. That was a pain. Yeah. So, um, we are able to get all the pieces of art. We bring them back to, I think, what was his name? Smiley and something. Pouty. He's got like a pouty mouth. <laughs> um, we give them the pieces of art. Now they're able to do their comedy routine. And we watch this long, this long, uh, scene of them doing a, a, a pretty lame comedy routine. Um, I was surprised they actually did it though. I thought they would breeze over it. Yeah. And just like show people laughing. I was surprised it was like an actual comedy routine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it felt like who's on first almost. Yeah. Where the pouty one's playing the straight man and Smiley's playing the, the jokester guy. <laughs> uh, and it makes everybody laugh, including mom. Uh, to which we go back to mom and, uh, we go into her mouth via a freaking cannon. This entire section feels dumb. It feels out of place almost, even for this game. Does it not? Yeah. I mean, if, if they weren't fairies, I would have been more off put, but I basically said on this island, anything goes. True. I mean, it seems ridiculous, but everything about Drippy is also ridiculous. It's true. So, yeah, I don't know. It. I, I can't... It, it, it feels different, for sure. I can't tell if I think that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm always up for, in a game where I know I'm going to have to grind a lot, I'm always up for you know, change of pace like this. Like, even the art, like, collecting eight pieces of art was kind of pointless, but... It was at least different than the way you normally collect the heart pieces. Yeah. I would have been more annoyed if it had just been collect eight pieces of, you know, I don't know, fairy fortitude and fairy kindness. And, you know, if, it, if they just reskinned what you normally do. But, I don't know, it was a little different. So I, it didn't bother me. I wasn't terribly enthralled by it. But, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't really have a problem with it. So, um,. We get shot into Mum, and uh, so begins uh, Oliver and Esther inside Bowser's story. Yeah. <laughs> um, we run around the inside, and it's kind of like a 2D kind of thing where it's much like Bowser's inside story. Um, and we go through these different doors trying to rescue the uh, the Littles. The Littlies? Is that what they call Littlies? Yeah. Litleys, Litleys, and um, they're like these little bitty egg fairies, um, and most of them are cornered by monsters that have somehow invaded uh, the mother's uh, stomach. Um, after we collect twenty, I think uh, we can then leave. Luckily, there is a save point in here that heals us every time a battle happens. Yep, it's that save point. There's a set of stairs right next to the safe stone. Yeah. That you can just exit the mom right there. Did not even see that. Nope, me either. Hmm. Until it was too late. They they indicate it on the, the mini map because there's sort of a red line. You know, whenever you're, whenever you get to the end of a map and there's a indication that once you go past this red line, you're in a new map section. That was there to show that you could go through the stairway. Gotcha. Okay. But I, I just didn't even notice it. I didn't either. To be honest, I didn't even notice the save room because I was trying to get through the section. You know, I was, I was excited. I was making progress. 
I saved them all. He said, "All right, let's go to the end and go down the slide." So I did that, and then I just I didn't even save it the first time. Right. So uh, after getting all the little lease, we then have to go down a slide, which is weird because we're like, "Yeah, that's how you're born. You slide down the slide, then you pop out, mom." And I'm like, "Are we are we sliding down to her vagina? Is that is that what we're doing?" And, and so I was like, "Are we really doing this?" And then, no, of course not. Um, but we slide down. And you're basically sliding what into her stomach? I I thought we were already in her stomach. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Okay. I don't. Who knows? This is we we shouldn't be putting too much thought into this. Yeah, I don't think she's anatomically correct. No. <laughs> so, um, uh, when we make it down the slide, we come to a boss fight. Uh, the boss fight is this giant jellyfish that then captures all of the lilies, and we have to save them. Um, yep. now, Matt, I know you said that. I remember you texting me about this, saying that this yep. was really difficult for you. This was the part that broke me. I did not even come close to this royal jelly. I was barely doing any damage to it anyway, and then all of a sudden it shoots out its own baby jellyfish. And uh, I could not touch this boss at all. Hmm. I beat it in one shot. So I I also realized that not only did I have to level up, but I hadn't outfitted my familiars with equipment, really. And also, I hadn't done any of the feeding them the foods that you can do to boost their stats separately. So, I I did go and level before I fought this boss again, but I may have over-leveled a bit because I leveled a bunch and I fed them to boost their stats and I outfitted them with new equipment. So, with all three of those done, actually, when I went back and fought the jelly, it was a piece of cake. You said that you were around level 22 when you took on it the first time, right? Uh, 20 to 22, I think, yeah. Okay, and then you beat it at level 26 as Oliver, I guess? Yeah. How long did it take you to grind that much? Uh, an hour. Okay. Maybe an hour and a half. So, I didn't do any of that. I beat it on the first try. Um, Swain is useless. Uh, Esther stayed alive throughout most of it. Mm. Um, I don't know what I did. Uh, I, I did the all block whenever it was getting ready to do its big, you know, electrical shock thing. Yeah. Once, once Swain joins, we do have that new ability, the all block and the all attack. Yeah. Uh, that helps me out a lot. Yeah. Um, one other thing I should mention is that I have done enough of the little side quests to where I could turn in two cards. I turned in two cards to, uh, get the, Make orbs appear more often in battle. That's a pretty good perk. That is a very good perk. That and when you, especially on boss fights where you they're getting to ready to, to attack you and you defend them and you get a bunch of nices. Oh man, it just showers you with the orbs. Um, I still run out of MP real fast though, and everybody else does. But um, that is the saving grace I've had for the the. Majority of the boss fights in between here. Hmm. So I've filled up a bunch of those cards, but I haven't actually turned them in yet. I'm waiting to figure out what I need the most before I collect my prize. I haven't seen any of the other ones, but the orb one is actually very helpful. Um, 
But yeah, it, as far as the strategy goes with this boss, I blocked whenever it was charging up pretty much anything. And then on top of that, I stayed clear away from it for the most part. Um, I switched to Mighty, who had the Cutloose. Yep. And I used Cutloose about five times, and it killed all those other jellies that were running around. Yeah. Yeah, again, I'm still loving that dynamic of letting my familiar in there up close and personal, hacking and slashing, and then when things start to get a bit hairy, pulling back and kind of circling around the outside with Oliver as I cast spells and heal myself and, you know, maintain the other people, Swain and Esther. And then I I, I still do kind of like that back and forth of up close fighting with one character and then pulling back and resetting a little bit, recouping. My my thing is, is that I am trying to aggro the bosses as much as possible. Because if if they don't have their attention on me... They are absolutely murdering Swain and Esther. Mm. So I know how to get out of the way of attacks. Swain and Esther are just like, I'm standing here. Just beat the hell out of me. That's what they're doing. So I do my best to aggro the boss. It's hard to do, but when I need a break, so if I'm using like something that's up close, I switch back to um, just Oliver and cast spells on it like Frostbite yeah. or Fireball or something like that, just to get its attention. Um, that's the only really way I've been surviving most of these boss fights. And it eventually, every boss fight has ended with, there's only Oliver left. <laughs> it, because have, have you ended any with Oliver dead? Yes. Because th- those, I think, get a bit hairy, like, so much, like ninety percent of my focus is Oliver and his familiars. Some of the most exciting battles I've had are those ones where Oliver dies, and you're trying to figure out how to win with Swain and Esther. Yeah, a bit frustrating, but those are the ones where I'm like, "Holy crap! I can't believe I just barely squeaked my way out of that." The good thing is, is that even if your characters are dead at the end of a battle, they still get experience points. Yeah, so as long as you win at any cost, you get everything. Yeah. Which is good. I, I I actively dislike games where, you know, as soon as one character is down, they don't get anything. Dude, and they're this... like, well, I, you know, I, I guess there was no point to even finish that battle. I just might as well restart. That's, that's the thing. There's been plenty of games that are like that. Yeah, a lot was, of them are. Yeah, I feel like, oh, God, that, like, are great. Now I'm going to have two characters who are completely Mismatched. underleveled. Yeah. So I don't know. It, like they do some things right, but man, like I just feel like I don't know. I found also since this first boss fight, I've actually found the boss fights to be pretty good difficulty wise. Where sometimes I am losing my main character, uh, other times I'm down to just my main character. Uh, I'm I, I wouldn't say I'm strategizing all that much. I mean, I think I am maybe a bit over leveled for where I need to be. But given my strategy of just hacking and slashing with, with Puss in Boots and then healing and doing essentially everything else with Oliver, uh, the difficulty's been okay. I mean, it, it's been easy. I haven't died more than once, I think, to any boss other than this boss. But there's a couple of bosses I've died to once. So again, for me, difficulty-wise, I think that's pretty good. If I lose to a boss... If if I lose once or twice to a boss, I'm okay with that, as long as in the process I'm 
figuring out strategies or coming up with strategies and then those work to beat the boss yeah. in relatively short order, then I'm not too fussed about having to refight a boss. That's but if the- I'm going to lose a boss to a boss multiple times or without any ability to make progress, then, then I'm frustrated. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It's, that's, that's the other thing is I haven't really, I haven't messed, I'm still using like my starter Pokemon. Yeah, I guess I've recently switched over. I don't use Mighty at all. I might even get rid of him soon. I, I still have him around because he's got decent defense. Uh, but so, I, I pretty so who's, much who's your main guy now? Puss in Boots, the the cat one that we yeah talked about. L- level three of the cat yeah. All right, see, I've got I've got the cat. I haven't. I think he's like level nineteen now. Of form one or two. Form one. Okay. Um. I have yet. Like uh, you know how far I am in this game, I have yet to get a star drop. I have four star type in my party <laughs> that I cannot metamorphosize because I don't have them. They're either not dropping for me, and I can't find any. It, there's no place to buy these things, right? I don't think you can buy them, but I do think you can alchemize them. Okay, I may have to do that because. Like seriously, like the uh, Swain's main guy, I can metamorphosize him, but I can't because he's a star. I just uh, popped him to level th- to form three. Yeah. So yes, that's I, I. I can't. Maybe maybe I'm just getting bad RNG. I don't know what it is, but man, I have got jumbo of every type, <laughs> but I have none of the regular star drops. Yeah, I wonder if they just assume that by this point you'll have ground a bit more, grinded, grinded a bit more. Maybe because I, I most of mine came just on those couple of hours that I spent just fighting random battles over and over again. Maybe that's what I need to do. Maybe that's what I'll do next. Because after that, we go back to we we save all the lils lilies. And uh, the mother thanks us, and uh, she gives us a shit ton of spells. Yeah. It just kept going and kept going. And I was thinking, while this is going on, I was like, is somebody in the party going to acknowledge that we got a lot of spells? And then Esther's like, wow, that was a lot of spells. I'm like, okay, at least somebody did that. Yeah, just about a comical number of spells. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she sends us on our way. Uh, as we're going back through town, Drippy leaves the party... Because he is um, over there with his buddies, and they're all talking and stuff like that. And Oliver has this moment of, you know what, we should just go and leave Drippy here. Because he's at home, and you can tell he really wants to be here. And uh, we all agree. All right, we'll just leave Drippy here. We'll continue on our quest. We go back to the boat. Repairs are done. Ready to set sail, and it says, "Are you sure you want to leave Drippy behind?" Hmm. And I was like, "I guess." And so I hit yes, and then the next cutscene that happens, literally two seconds later, Drippy shows back up. Hey, wait for me! How dare yeah, you? Yeah, don't you me? dare leave me behind. I'm your friend. I've been with you since the beginning. And I'm just like, why? Why did you do that? Why, why, why even give me the menu option to yes or no leave him behind? 
I don't know. To show the bond that they have? Maybe. Or maybe I'm just jaded. Maybe I'm just, like, jaded at this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand because it fits with a general thing that I find annoying, which is that illusion of choice. But it, in this case, I mean, this isn't a game, really, where this is a commonplace thing. This is like a one-off where they say, do you want to let him come or not? And you say no, and he does. The different so, that I, I would have been okay with it if we would have continued on, and then like five hours later, Drippy shows back up and saying, "What'd you leave me for? I'm back," you know, kind of thing. Or he came and saved us at like, you know, this pivotal moment. But instead, it's just like, "You want to leave behind?" Yes. And then two seconds later, I'm back. That's like, come on! Like uh, the whole time, I was just saying, "Oh my god, here we go." And I was just like, <laughs> it just felt like. Yeah, I think it all should have been one long cutscene where they debate leaving him behind, try to leave him behind, and he comes back all in one cutscene. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. Also, it looks like for alchemy you can create the jumbos, but you cannot create the regular nice. forms. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't know what to do then as far as metamorph. I, I might as well just raise the ones I've got. Maybe I'll just overpower the ones that I have. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure what happens there. If if they can still max out with sort of the same power and toughness, and if it's only their versatility in battle that changes as they change forms, right? I think probably the upper limit does get higher because I I know my cat's got some mad output now that I definitely didn't have before. And it's only at about level 26, 27, which I've reached already in Form 2. And I was probably pretty close to that when I was in Form 1 also. So it, it definitely does get better, but whether it's worth it or not, I don't know. I think it probably is, but I, I guess that'd be a, an interesting thing to test out. Is to get a form three at like level thirty and a form one at level thirty and see how they perform in battle. Now, if it keeps going like this, I'm going to end up having a level thirty form one. <laughs> God, did you get any of the uh, the monoliths? Are you using any of those? The monoliths? You mean like the little stone guys? Yeah. No. Because I've got I've got Swain and Esther each have a monolith. And I also gave them each – because basically I had the same problem that you were having a little bit with Esther, kind of dying a lot. Yeah. So Swain's main familiar actually is kind of a beast once it levels up a bit. Yeah. It hits very slowly, which is annoying. But I find myself in most battles, most familiars only do like one damage, so they're pointless. But his will be as high as – uh, mighty or higher than mighty, uh-huh. so he'll do thirty or forty damage per hit. He just will. He'll be very slow with his hits, and he also can t- take a lot of damage. So I, I think Swain's main is pretty good. Esther's is good for the spells, but is weak. So I gave her a monolith, and then I gave her a really bulky robot that I found. Does she ever use the monolith? Yeah, she kind of switches back and forth. I think mainly when she's low on. MP, I, and maybe I don't know. That's that's the thing is like I don't, 
I, the only time I Esther is is has got some like level twenty characters that she only uses the penguin thing and then switches away from the penguin thing and uses her fucking harp. Yeah, and I'm just like, you've got two other guys in your party hit something. I don't know. So yeah, we jump back on the boat. Trippy comes back. Now we travel to Hamlin, which is on the other side of the continent. Um, get out there. Don't mess around because the monsters on that land will mess you up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I uh, quickly ran to Hamlin, which is like from the outside, it looks like a box with a face on it. A box with a pig face on it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but when you go inside, it's like this huge industrial city. Yeah, I think it's basically the TARDIS. Yeah, maybe. It's definitely Which a is, lot bigger it's weird because it's, the inside than the outside. Yeah, and it's very clearly got a ceiling, which is not what I would necessarily want in like an industrial manufacturing type city like that. You know, because there's a lot of like pipes that are spewing smoke into the air, but the city's not got – it's not open. So I, I thought that was very strange. Maybe it's all steam power. Yeah, maybe. So maybe they have their own like little ecosystem in there where so much steam then <laughs> creates like storm clouds and stuff. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Or, or maybe once again we're thinking too deep into this game. Yeah, I don't think this game has those rules because I don't think anything in this world is real. Yeah. It's all it's all made up and dreamlike anyway. So when we make it to Hamlin running around at the same time Swain is acting a little strange he seems like he's been here before even though he claims he hasn't he goes off and um so Esther and Oliver and Drippy explore the the city it's a good city for uh weapons by the way yeah they're expensive as hell though yeah certainly are so, uh, but yeah, we, uh, explore the city and we eventually run into a cutscene where, um, uh, they have a, it, what looks like a parade that the prince is coming and they have like this big motorcade of, uh, I guess tanks it looks like and all different sorts of vehicles. And one thing to mention is that everybody in this town is wearing some type of a pig mask they all look like pigs, but they're not. Um, and the prince himself is um, wearing a pig uniform, and everybody, you know, everybody's watching and and in awe kind of thing. Um, and then uh, a little bit later, we run back into Swain, and we hear over the uh, intercom or the the city broadcast. That there's been a new ordinance. Uh, nobody is allowed to make eye contact with one another. <laughs> or you will be put into jail or fined like 5,000 guild or whatever. And uh, Swain is upset about this. He's like, really? He's going to do that? And then, you know, we start to get the realization that hmm, the ruler of this place is not a very nice person. So... We need to find 
the uh, sage. That's what we've been here for. Well, Swain has uh, some information saying that the sage is going to be inside the, the palace. So we try to go to the palace. Unfortunately, we can't because, well, the uh, the guards won't let us in. So Swain has a, the bright idea of, hey, let's go sneak in uh, disguised as palace guards. So we uh, we go to the black market. And, uh, there's a guy there running the place, and Swain seems to make a threat to the shopkeeper, saying that he knows, like I guess, his daughter or his wife. Yeah. And uh, Esther gets mad because, like, did you just threaten that guy? And he's like, maybe I did. And she gets mad and. Um, he gives us the uniforms and then they're kind of chummy with each other and it wasn't and then she realized oh it wasn't a threat you were just knew him and he's like yeah don't be quick to judge people so we uh we get our uniforms we go back to the palace the guards let us in because Swain's like hey I know what uh we're out getting supplies for uh for the prince these black truffles that he loves they're like, man, you seem to know your stuff, Swain. What's up with that? He's like, yeah, which hasn't come up before. So he like, or previously knew about the black truffles. Yeah. So we're like, man, Swain knows some stuff here. He's like, I'm just getting lucky. <laughs> so um, then proceeds the sneaking mission on Shadow Moses Island. Holy shit! <laughs> uh, you got to sneak around some guards. I got caught a few times. Really annoying. Yeah, I got caught a couple, twice just because I tried to run out too quickly. Yeah. I could have swore they were past me, but apparently I was too close to them when I left my hidey hole. Yeah. So we um, get past all the guards, go into this big main area. Swain's like, okay, I know where we need to go. We need to go this way. He runs off. As we're trying to... Uh, catch up to him he then runs back in a comical way he's being chased by a giant mechanical tank and so begins another boss fight with this tank porco grosso porco grosso yep um i had some trouble with this the first time swain and esther died immediately i'm talking within the 10 seconds of the fight mm. i then retried and the fight went on for probably about 10 minutes before I finally succumbed to everything to which I was like, I really don't feel like grinding. Uh, I restarted because my save was right before that. And then, uh, strategized a little bit more. I think I got some pretty good RNG with the golden globes. That oh yeah. Super attack. Um, this boss is particularly difficult because a lot of my guys are physical attackers. So I switched up a little bit, and uh, this thing is resistant to physical attacks. So we had to switch to magical attacks using... It would explain why it took so long to beat him. <laughs> yeah, which um, which I then switched to, and in fact, it's, it's actually weak to electrical attacks. Uh, luckily, Esther's main character has Thunder Spark, I think is what it's called. And... Uh, I was desperately trying to keep Esther alive as much as I possibly could and giving her strong coffee to refill her magic and then uh, defending all whenever it was getting ready to do its big attacks. Uh, 
this one drops a lot of orbs because it likes to attack multiple times, and it gives me a bunch of nices. Yeah, if you're defending properly. Yeah. Which is it, – it, it's another thing I like about the combat in this game is that if you're not playing it right, it will be m- so much harder. And, like, it doesn't – you don't necessarily need to be better equipped. You just need to be better at defending. So if you learn the patterns of attack and you know, you know, should I evade here or should I block here, it all kind of like builds up together because the more that you properly block, obviously the less damage you take. But then the more of those orbs come out, which allow you to do more of your, your higher level attacks or just survive longer or be able to attack for longer because you have more MP. And so that's another thing that I think is interesting is – just the way those that that's tied together. So your blocking ends up giving you more benefits than just a normal block in a normal game. Yeah, and I was getting along with that pretty decently. This boss fight was hard. Uh, it actually ended with Esther being the only person alive. Uh, because I then switched to Esther and just said, Okay, you're not doing what I want you to do. I'm going to play <laughs> as you, and hopefully... Oliver will keep me healthy. Yeah, if you want to do it right, you got to do it yourself. Exactly. Uh, so I just constantly kept using Thunderspark. Finally killed it. And um, uh, we beat it. And uh, we get the cutscene of us finally running into the prince. And he doesn't have his clothes on, or he doesn't have his little pig uniform on. And we realize... The prince is also the great sage. Uh, and he's acting funny. He thinks he's ugly. When I guess he's supposed to be like this pretty boy. Yeah. Um, he thinks he's ugly, and I guess that's the reason why he makes everybody act the way they do and, and make everybody wear this stuff because he doesn't want to be alone in the whole hiding himself thing. Yeah, I had totally misread it up to this point. I thought that everyone in the town was a pig except for him, and it was like that episode of Twilight Zone. <laughs> Have you seen that one? The one where everybody everybody thinks he's hideous, and then he's normal, and then you look at the doctors and stuff, yeah, and they're all and they're all pig faced doctors. Yeah, uh, uh, that's what I thought was happening until I, you know, I finally realized, oh, actually, everybody's just a human. <laughs> the, that episode's called Eye of the Beholder. Uh, but yeah, that's a great episode too. Yeah. Um but um yeah. Um so yeah, he uh he tells us that he's not the great sage his father was who died about 15 years ago. Um and uh, he doesn't have any type of magic in him, so he can't help us. In fact, he wants us to leave and Swain is not very happy with this. But he's like this guy's useless to us. Let's just leave. Um so, as we are leaving, the entire place gets filled with this mist. And through, Never a good sign. Yeah, and then through the mist, we see a bunch of soldiers surrounding us. And this man comes out, and he says, you know, what are you guys doing here? How'd you get here? And he's like, and we're kind of mouthing off to him, and they're like, oh, he's... You can't talk that way in front of an emperor. He's like, you're an emperor? He's like, yeah, I run this place. 
And we then come to the realization that we have somehow time traveled through this mist and ran into the prince's father before he had died. Uh, the father is not believing anything we say, but uh, luckily Swain brought a picture of the prince with him, shows it to him, and he's like, okay, maybe I do believe you, but that has nothing to do with the rest of us. He's like, what do you guys want? And they're like, well, we need help. To which then we get the uh, the message. Uh, one of the guards comes in and says, hey, your two sons, he has two sons, not just one. Your two sons were out in the wilderness and uh, they were out there practicing their magic and we don't know where they are. He's like, well, let them fend for themselves. Uh, to which uh, Swain, he's like, yeah, it's typical of him. He didn't ever really care about his sons that much. And, uh, some personal stuff Swain knows. Yeah, personal stuff. Uh, let's just be honest here. I haven't, I, I stopped right here, but, uh, I get it. Yeah, Swain's the older son. Because he has to be, because he knows how to use magic. And he knows everything about this family. So, uh, but yeah, Oliver's like, well, we have to go help, uh, the Emperor's sons. And, now we're off to go find them and help them. And yeah, is... I did. A, I did a fair amount more grinding in this section. Just, I, I don't know. I was already in that mindset, right, from before the royal jelly. Probably going to do that here when I'm traveling to get to the suns. But uh, yeah, that is where I stopped. Also, so. there's some nice uh, metal pickups in this area out in the in the environment. Okay. And I haven't, again, I haven't done any alchemy, but at some point I feel like I'm going to try to alchemize myself a nice sword. And so I'm trying to pick up various bits from the environment that I need, that I think I might need later. Yeah. I haven't looked up any recipes, so I don't know what I need, but, you know, when I see lumps of steel or dragon glass or whatever it is, I, I try to pick all that stuff up. So, Actually, there's the one right outside of Hamlin. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't even walked outside yet. Uh, when you're walking, when you're facing Hamlin, it's just off to the right. I've I've probably picked that one up like eight times. Every time I go into the city and come back out, it's there again. So I, I walk over and pick it up. I don't think I need that much, but I can't help myself. It's a shiny. <laughs> well, it works. You never know. Some of that alchemy might come in handy. Yeah. So uh, we do have an email. We got an email from Chad. Uh, it says here. Uh, First of all, I'm happy to say that I finished Nino Cooney over the weekend. Oh, wow. I'll save my final impressions for later. I'm happy to report the game isn't as long as I've heard. I clocked in about 45 hours, and that includes finishing most of the errands and bounties. Uh, yeah, see, I don't think I'm going to be anywhere near even 45 hours because I've only got a couple sections left, and I'm only 23 hours in. Really? I'm at least 13 hours in right now. Yeah. So I'm going to guess I finish around 32 hours would be my guess. Hmm. I don't know the, where the difference between 32 and 45 comes in, but it can't just be all those errands and quests and stuff and bounty hunts. Could be. Never know. Maybe. Uh, so here's to start with, the combat does take a bit getting used to. I never had to grind, but I never ran away from a battle either. Uh, you are 100% correct that the non-active party AI sucks. Most boss battles for me resulted <laughs> in many 
and my other party members running out of MP halfway, then dying, resulting in me finishing the latter half of the boss battles with using Oliver. However, the boss battles were pretty simple because I would just use spells block when necessary to get the yellow orbs, collect green-blue orbs, and use provisions. If an opportunity opened up, I would send in my best striker to attack about 200-plus at the time. I never really used the familiar abilities other than buffs, debuffs, like Warcry, Blunt, and Sabotage. All the defense, the, the all defense and all attack button prompts are critical because of how much the AI sucks. When a big enemy attack starts, um, you have to quickly hit square and then uh, to select defense. Afterwards, yep. you have to tell your party to start attacking again. Give each of your party members a sun, moon, and star familiar. If they don't have a familiar to counteract an enemy sigil, they start doing dumb things like attacking with their harp. So there you go. So have you – you said most of yours are sun. Have you put any thought into or if you're going to grind with – do you think it would be worth diversifying the alignments that's, and then grinding? That's what I'm probably going to do this next go-round. Like, as soon as I leave Hamlin to go search for the suns, I'm probably going to go grind and then hopefully find some more creatures to put into my party. Do you have others that you can sub in of the diverse alignments, or are you going to have to acquire them first and then level them up? I'm pretty sure I've got... A decent diverse group, um, but I'm probably going to have to raise some as well, which shouldn't be too difficult, but, you know, it's going to take a couple hours to do. Yeah. I need to find the time to do it. Um, it says here, I played the game on normal difficulty the entire game until the final boss battle. I was apparently uh -oh. 15 levels below what is suggested and didn't want to go back for the f back out of the final dungeon and waste time grinding. Instead, I dropped the difficulty easy, and the final boss battle became a much more pleasant experience. Listen, Drew, I know that you beat Dark Souls and all, but there is no shame in dropping the difficulty if it makes for a better game experience. <laughs> I have too much pride for that, Chad. Um, I'm not going to say I'll never do it, but I, I desperately try not to do it. I will go out of my way to grind before I will drop the, the uh, difficulty. Now, yeah, I, I, I'll do it I'm in not, this game. yeah, I'm not afraid to drop the difficulty, but there's ways to get around it. If, if I find something just completely impossible and like it's going to take me multiple hours to grind, then yeah, I'll drop the difficulty because, you know, I am getting to that point where I don't have time for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as for the story, I think pacing is pretty good here. A new mode of world traversal means. A new mode of world traversal makes for a nice change of pace and a slight spoiler. This will change several more times as you progress. Uh, the world continues to open up. The game is just damn weird. Uh, yet endearing. Uh, the tone is presented in a way that it makes it seem like it's geared toward younger audiences, but every now and then it slips in some odd mature undertones, like being f uh, forced birthed out of a fairy godmother. <laughs> <laughs> My son watched me through most of the game and lost count of how many times I had to explain to him what was going on. As you mentioned before, I agree. I can't see a casual player being able to get through this game um, very well because of the complexity of the mechanics. <clears throat> you mentioned Horace Riddles on the first episode, and I'm glad you did. I originally found him in Ding Dong Dell and totally forgot about him. 
being able to revisit places becomes easier a little later on, so it won't be hard to go back to the towns to find him. He does provide some decent spells for solving his riddles, which aren't that difficult. Uh, maybe I missed it, but I don't remember anybody talking about how awesome that soundtrack is. Often throughout the game, you will hear many different versions of the main theme, depending on the setting at the time. Uh, the soundtrack is very good. I did mention it this episode as well, but um, it's it's a, it's very well done, very orchestra, very whimsical. It's just it's just all around really good. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, lastly, I'm a little concerned about your upcoming playthrough of Final Fantasy XII based on some of the criticisms I'm hearing from Nino Cooney. Yep. I was going to mention that at some point again as well. Oh, boy. I think you'll find a lot of similar complications with that game. Jay oversimplifies the tactic system uh, when describing that game. It is a huge grind fest. In order to have a proper, the proper tactics to set your uh, for your characters, you need to do the following. Number one, grind experience to unlock specific skills and abilities from the job boards. Number two, grind money to purchase what seems like a hundred, couple hundred different tactic variations from tactic vendors. Number three, grind more money to purchase the skills and abilities, some of which you can only find from specific chests and dungeons or drops from enemies. Number four, once you think you have everything you need, then you have to <laughs> micromanage your party AI. If you have the available amount of tactic slots, which also uh, have to be unlocked on your job board. Sorry for the late submission. I hope I got it in on time. Later's Chad. Uh, thank you, Chad, for that email. Uh, That's something to look forward to, huh, Drew? Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we're going to do it, so. Yeah, I I want to do it. it. It's been on my shame list for a long time. Yeah. And I, I like the combat, although... The idea of not playing turn-based combat when I played Final Fantasy XII the first time was very new to me. It, I liked the idea that it felt like an MMO because uh, I, I, I wanted to play MMO, but I didn't want to pay 15 bucks a month. So if I can get that experience with a, with a better story, it sounded like a dream. Now, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it for the emails. Um if you'd like to so, send an email, it's uh, drew at ztgd.com. Go ahead, Matt. I was just going to say before we wrap up, I just wonder if what your your kind of thoughts are at the moment. I mean, I, I guess you've kind of set them throughout, but because I would say the pacing is good over the next couple sections because of the ability to travel, because you end up with a few more shorter sections. Uh-huh. It's it, it speeds up the feel of the game a little bit. Um, you know i I think it's okay. Like, there's some things like the whole going back and forth, you know, on these dumb kind of fetch quest stuff. But that's for the main story is kind of annoying. Um. I guess. I mean, the story is still the story still keeps going, and it's 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 not like it, the story's boring. Really, I found that the fairy ground stuff was slightly boring. It felt like yeah. it felt like a like a side track kind of thing, and and it very much like absolutely is because you've literally been shipwrecked, shipwrecked. and like stuck somewhere away while you know on pause while your ship's being fixed. So. 
I mean, it, it very much is not part of the story. Uh-huh. But then on the other hand, on the other hand, you don't get the depth of characters in this game that I that I think you might expect from an RPG that's fifty odd hours long. Right. Right. I mean, it's not set up to be an exploration of character in any way. Uh, and the Fairy Grounds is almost the best or only attempt at that. Okay. It's the only time you really see somebody's background, right? I guess we get you get Swain's background a bit in Hamlin, but but as far as Esther, I mean, yeah, you know the story of her and her father, but it's not by any stretch of the imagination a deep background story. Yeah, it's very much just a you know, here's who she is. All right, now let's go on a quest. Right. So I don't know how I feel about the fairy grounds because I do think it's arbitrary. But on the other hand, you get to see Drippy, and you get to see the fairies, and you get to learn a little bit about them. That's true. I mean, overall, I mean, I'm okay with the game. That's the thing is, like, I, I'm okay with it. I feel like I'm slow going, and I'm probably going to be slow going for the rest of this game, just because, it's like, I, I don't know. It's like I, w- I will sit down for an hour, and when I get done with that hour, I'm like, I've had my fill of this game today. You know, yeah, it, I, I- it's a problem. It is a problem, and that that's certainly one of the ways I judge a game. Do I feel like I'm having fun? And then separately, how do I feel after I've been playing for an hour? Because there's many games where an hour in, sometimes you feel like you're just getting started. Or I actually I feel that way in, in good RPGs when I feel like, all right, I've grinded for an hour or I've done some fetch, fetch quests for an hour. Now let me get back to the main story. And so you can easily get three hours before I get bored of it. But there are certainly other games where I I look at the clock feeling like it's been an hour and it's been 15 minutes. And you're like, I I don't know if I can handle this for two more hours today. So it it, it is interesting. I think that's a a mark of a game. I don't know, not necessarily a a mark of a good game or a bad game, but certainly it's an indication of the way you connect to a game. Yeah. If nothing else. And I don't think it's bad. I just, there's certain things that really get on my nerves. I feel fine with it. You know, I'm going to beat it, but I just, you know, and and I think that the story is compelling enough to keep me playing. Yeah, I want to see what's what's up with Shadar. I want to see who are this council and the White Witch and stuff like that, and what's their end game kind of thing. So yeah, I mean it, it's slightly predictable, but at the same time, I I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, I just every time I get into a boss fight, I'm like, okay, let's see how this goes. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, every time. Maybe I should just grind it, or maybe I should just switch it over to easy. Who knows? Only time will yeah. tell. Yeah, certainly some options. Yeah. But that's it for us. Uh, if you want to follow us all on Twitter, I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS, and the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Um, I already gave the email, Drew at ZTGD.com. Send us an email about Nino Cooney. I know there's a couple people out there playing along with us. Tell me your thoughts on it. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Covered a decent amount. Yeah. So. We'll see uh, what the future holds for us. Uh, Matt, you've probably made it past where I'm going to end for the next episode. 
Probably, yeah. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll try to keep it as fresh as possible. But that'll be it. We will be back next week. But until then, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. You guys have a great week. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week with the continuation of Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch. Thank you.